You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. Hello, and welcome to the Untranslatable Word Challenge, where players compete to guess the meaning of foreign words that have no direct translation in English. Today's game will be hosted by 20,000 Hertz producer and linguistic literateur, Grace East. Now, let's meet our players. Contestant number one is a Renaissance man from across the pond. It's 20,000 Hertz producer, Andrew Anderson. Contestant number two is the creator and host of 20,000 Hertz. You know him, you love him. That's right, folks. Put your hands together for Dallas Taylor. All right, Grace, take it away. So my name is Grace East. I'm a producer here at 20,000 Hertz. And my background is in linguistics and anthropology. And so Andrew and I cooked up a fun little idea um, where I would create an untranslatable words quiz and then pit Dallas and Andrew against each other to see who could identify the most untranslatable words in the following list. Untranslatable words. What does that mean exactly? Good question. So this was sort of an internet phenomenon, you know, maybe 10 years ago or so, and it still still hangs around. But basically, there are so many universal human feelings that we wish we had words to capture. And maybe our language doesn't, but it's pretty common to find that word in another language. So a few words like this that we do use in English would be aficionado, which is from Spanish, Deja vu, which is from French, and Zeitgeist, which is from German. So here's how this is going to go down. I will read the mystery word and the language that it belongs to. And then you two will guess the definition based on three choices. We've got a total of six words for a possible 30. Does that sound okay? I like that there's a big number of points for each one because that makes it feel particularly valuable. Exactly. (laughs) You can't just do one. There's a lot of points at stake here. So are we ready for word one? Yeah, let's do this. I'm ready. All right. Word one is gigil. It's from Tagalog, which is a language of the Philippines. Does gigil mean A, that sleepy feeling you get after a big meal, B, the overwhelming feeling that comes over you and you see something unbearably cute that you just want to squeeze or pinch it, or C, feeling utterly comfy, cozy, or contented? I'm going to go B. Hmm. Okay, Andrew's going B, the overwhelming feeling to squeeze or pinch something cute. You know, A was so convincing to me the first time I heard it. (laughs) It's either you're really good at throwing me off the scent uh, and it's wrong. But I'm going to go with A. Okay. Gigil actually means B, the overwhelming feeling that comes over you when you see something unbearably cute and want to squeeze or pinch it. So, Andrew, <laughs> you are on the board with five. I can really imagine, like, just getting hold of a cat or of my baby daughter and being like, Gigil, Gigil. It's that kind of, <laughs> that's purely how I picked it. Ooh, can I guess that the third one was also Hugo, the Danish word for comfort? Yes, Did so you I cheat? love this. <laughs> I promise Andrew was not briefed. Okay. 
Um, but yes, that is the word hugely, which um, is feeling utterly comfy. And then A, the the feeling sleepy after a big meal, is comes from the Italian word abiocco. Abiocco. Yeah. I mean, that. yeah, that sounds about right after... After all the pasta and wine. Exactly. Are we ready for word two? Yes. Very much so. This is fun. Yay. I'm so glad. My life goal is to just slowly encourage people to love language. Word two is tartle. Tartle comes from Scottish. Does tartle mean A, the moment where you hesitate when introducing someone because you've just forgotten their name? Oh, no. B, to make something worse when trying to improve it. Or C, anything and everything you can put on a slice of bread. C. Okay, Andrew's voting C, anything and everything you can put on a slice of bread. Tartle. I'm just trying to think of that with a very Scottish accent. Um, I want it to be hesitate when you don't know someone's name because we don't have a good word for that. (laughs) And I do it all the time. So Dallas is going to take away five points for this one. Bravo. It is A, the moment where you hesitate when introducing someone because you've just forgotten their name. And I just wanted it to be that. So yay. Yeah. You just had a feeling. I did. I just thought Scottish people like toast. (laughs) Also possibly true. And a little fun addition when I was uh, doing some research for the episode is um, in context, apparently, if you've just done this, you say, pardon my tartle, (laughs) which I think is just perfect. What were the definitions for the other two? So B, to make something worse when trying to improve it, comes from the German word verschlimmissen. And anything and everything you can put on bread is the Norwegian word paleg. Paleg. I'll remember all of these for the next 24 (laughs) hours, and then I'll never, ever remember them again. They're just, especially when you have the experience, you know, days later, you can think, oh, I I know that there's a word for that now. Are we ready for word three? We are. I'm ready. Word three is nunchi. This comes from Korean. Is it A, the sunlight that filters through the leaves of the trees? Hmm. B, Lingering at a table after a meal to hang out and chat. Or C, the subtle yet unnoticed art of listening and gauging another's mood. I know I've gone A every time so far, but I'm going to go with A again. I just think Nunchi <laughs> sounds like, you know, that beautiful, you know, light coming through the, sure. the trees. I really wanted it to be that as well, so I hope it is, but I'm going to go B. Okay, so Dallas, we have you with A, Andrew with B. The correct answer was C, the subtle yet often unnoticed art of listening and gauging another's mood. Five points to the Quizmaster. Five points to me. That's right. That is a great word. Isn't that fantastic? I know. It's such an intangible feeling. And I love that Korean speakers have been able to really identify it in one word. The other two, which I just love as well, um, the sunlight that filters through the leaves of trees comes from the Japanese word komorebi. And lingering at the table after a meal to hang out and chat comes from Spanish, and that's sobre mesa. That would make sense, that being a Spanish word, or in, in really anywhere in Southern Europe is a, a time for unbelievably long meals, which is a skill I had to learn once I moved to Southern Europe. The English way is just to destroy all of the alcohol and food within 30 <laughs> minutes so that you can go and watch more soccer. <laughs> all right. Are we ready for word four? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Word four is murma. 
Murma comes to us from a language called Wagaman, an Aboriginal language of Northern Australia. Does Murma mean A, the road-like reflection of the moon on water, B, the act of searching for something in the water with only your feet, or C, the mark left on skin by wearing something tight? Dallas, I bet you want to go A again, don't you? I mean, I want it to be A. You know, I I can do what I want. I'm going to go with A again, because that's a great word. Morma, it's kind of moon-like. Justin, in the hope of overtaking Dallas, I'm going to go B, but I also would love it if it was A, because that's such a nice word. (laughs) Okay, well, Andrew, your strategic move paid off because (laughs) Morma is B, the act of searching for something in the water with only your feet. Hmm, a soulless victory for me then. <laughs> or literally, with souls, actually. Soul, I was, just, I was just about to say, with souls, in fact, of your feet. How about this? When was the last time you all mormud? Very pleasant experience. I was in Forte de Marmi, Italy, and I was scooching along the bottom of the sand with my feet, trying to pick up sand dollars with my toes, and I was quite oh, successful. I love it. Yeah. That's lovely. I know that one of my favorite memories of this particular experience was when I was in Connecticut with my brother, and we always do a little family trip there every summer, and I had asked him to hold my glasses while I uh, dove in. And minutes later, I came back and asked for my glasses, and he said, oh, you gave me your glasses? Had dropped them in the ocean. Oh, no. (laughs) But very luckily... He felt around with his feet and miraculously he murmured and uh, pulled them out. Wow. Yeah. It's, again, one of those awesome things where it's like something many humans do. And I love that this language captured it in a word. Perfect. Nice. What were those other ones? So, A, the road-like reflection of the moon on water comes from the Swedish word mwangata. In English, we might say something like a moonbeam. And then the mark left on the skin by wearing something tight is Karelu, which comes to us from Tulu, a language spoken in Southwest India. So there you have it. And with that, Andrew takes the lead with 10 points to Dallas's five. Will Dallas be able to close the gap or will he pull a Feshlimba son? We'll find out after a quick word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Congratulations to Nadine Peacock for correctly guessing last episode's mystery sound. Freezing cold in Einstein's shoes off. You're the cold maid to say I'm freezing cold in Einstein's shoes off. All right. That's the beginning of a song that I have no ability to pronounce. So here's producer Grace East. Sure thing, Dallas. That is Prison Cold in Einstein's shoes That song is by Italian pop star Adriano Celentano. We're just saying the shoes now and hold building scene in a whole red maybe if you're having trouble identifying the words, that's because Adriano wrote the song entirely in gibberish as a playful ode to the way American English sounds to non-English speakers. 
He actually improvised the entire song over a series of looped drum beats. And here's this episode's mystery sound. If you know what that sound is, submit your guess at the web address mystery.20k.org. Anyone who guesses it right will be entered to win a super soft 20,000 Hertz t-shirt. Indeed finds highly qualified candidates for any job as quickly as possible. That means when you've got a major deadline and need to hire right now, Indeed lets you relax. So how does it work? First, Indeed has 350 million regular visitors each month. In other words, you have a huge group of talented people to choose from. Then, Indeed's AI-powered matching technology helps you pick out the right person for you. It's like searching for a needle in a huge haystack. But with a giant Indeed-shaped magnet. And in an Indeed survey, 93% of those businesses said Indeed delivered the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Our listeners can get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com Hertz. Just go to Indeed.com Hertz right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com H-E-R-T-Z. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. now return to the untranslatable word challenge we're on to word five word five is haan yoku it comes from a language called kwangali which is spoken in namibia and angola in southern africa does haan yoku mean a, the buildup of anticipation, joy, or pleasure you feel ahead of an actual event. It literally translates to pre-fun. Is it B, the act of tiptoeing across warm or hot sand? Or C, it describes the pleasure and satisfaction derived from sitting or bouncing on a bouncy cushion? I go, oh, you know, I know these are all real words, but yet again... A is what I want it to be. I want it to be the buildup. I'm just going with what I need most in my life. In your words. life. <laughs> and I definitely need a word for the pre-fun. I, I have like that. a whole theory behind this thing, but I, I want it to be that. I've got to go with B again because I make that noise. This is probably why you put it as B to throw me. But uh, when I put my hands in hot water, I'm like, ha, 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 which is like the first half of the word. So I thought B might be it too, because Han Yoku, I thought, okay, tiptoeing in hot sand. So I go like, okay, maybe Han is hot and Yoku is sand. Hot sand. I don't know. Very, very solid theories. I love being present for the problem-solving aspect of this. <laughs> so once again, Andrew, correct with wow. B, the act of tiptoeing across warm or hot sand. And believe it or not, C is a real compound word from Finnish. It describes the pleasure and satisfaction derived from sitting on something bouncy, which I just love that that's captured in a word. It literally means bouncy cushion satisfaction. And (laughs) (laughs) which word was that? Sorry. This was hippoderna dish. 
I had to really, I had to really practice that one. That sounds exactly like what. Yeah, it's very onomatopoeic, isn't it? Like that. Exactly, exactly. That's what I think is fun about a lot of these is it's very onomatopoeic that you wow. kind of can get a sense for what it might mean just by how it sounds. We can talk a little bit about A because Dallas, I want to hear your theory on pre-fun. This is Dutch, spoken in the Netherlands, and the word is voorpret. Vorpret, okay. It means enjoying the anticipation before something happens. Right. Yeah, that's the, I discovered that back when I finally had a delayed honeymoon after 10 years. I was like, I really want to go to Hawaii. I hear it's amazing. <gasps> and my plan was to tell my wife the day of, but I thought through that so, like, I really thought through that whole aspect and thought, I just think you're taking away something not knowing. Like, mm. the anticipation, the buildup and pre-fun always going to look toward something. That. And I like that, too. Like, I like, I just need to put something down the calendar that we're going to do yep. uh, just for the enjoyment of seeing it there. Absolutely. Yeah, it's always good to have something to look forward to. It's um, always good to have some vorpret in your life. Uh, yeah, exactly. We all need a little vorpret <laughs> in our life. Exactly. All right. So we are at our final word, folks. Oh, what's a score here? I think Andrew's eclipsed me by now. Andrew's cleaning up. So let me just do a quick calculation. What's the untranslatable word for unassailable lead? <laughs> <laughs> so Andrew has 15 and Dallas has five. Mm, there's still okay. honor to play for, though, Dallas. There's still, exactly. There's still honor and respect to play for. Mm. Maybe we can guess the real words, too, and, like, that will count as extra. There's no way I would get that, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm open to that. Maybe what we do is I read three words, and then you match each word. Oh, yeah. that's a great idea. Yeah, great and Five idea. points each on all of them. How about that? Okay. Okay, sounds okay. great. I like it. I'll read all three words first, and then I'll read all three definitions. Okay. okay. Our words are trepverte. This comes from Yiddish. Our next word is akihi. This comes from Hawaiian. And our last word is ikzwarpak, which comes from Inuktitut, an indigenous language spoken in Canada. Okay. So those are our three words. And now I'll read you our three definitions. So our first definition is listening to directions and then walking off and promptly forgetting them. Our next definition a witty comeback you think of only when it's too late to use. Literally, staircase words. And the final definition is the act of repeatedly going outside to keep checking if someone, anyone, is coming. Let's see. Can I go trip verta? I'm going to go with that being the directions. Akihi, uh, the Hawaiian one, as being the checking outside. Okay. And, um, and then the other one is the other one. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So let me see. So it would be the Inuktitut word is our final one. Mm -hmm. And you would be matching that with a witty comeback. That's right, yeah. All right. I think I'm ready to. Uh, the Yiddish word. Traverta. Yeah. I'm going to go with listening and forgetting. And then Akihi, Hawaii. I'm going to do the too late for a comeback. And then it's Warpa. I'm going to go with the act of going outside to check to see if someone's coming up. So... The only one that was correctly guessed was Dallas with Ixwarpak, 
meaning the act of repeatedly going outside to keep checking if someone, anyone is coming. Bravo. Do you want to hear my theory on that? Yes. Because Andrew, I think, went with Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense because it's Hawaii. It's beautiful. You're going to go out a bunch. But it's not going to be even a problem to go outside. Like, there'd be no reason to even make it an issue because it's so gorgeous and perfect all the time. So why would you even have a word? It'd just be like, oh, yeah, go do this very human, wonderful thing by just walking out and breathing. Canada, though, like, cold. And I think, okay, someone who's maybe a little, you know, obsessive about that, they're like, what are you doing? It's freezing outside. (laughs) Don't keep doing that. So there we have it. So I think... Andrew's still in the lead, but Dallas, you made an honorable comeback. And I think for, I'm willing to award Dallas bonus five points for his better theories. Four points. Four (laughs) points. Okay. To where you still win, fair and square, but four (laughs) points. And then it seems as if it was just such a tight race here. Exactly. Plus, I seem generous as well, which is always good. (laughs) Exactly. Before you go, Grace, what's your favorite untranslatable word? Ooh, that's a good question. So I have to say in my, you know, researching for this particular episode, I had discovered Gigil, which was our first one from Tagalog. I had never heard this before, but I feel Gigil probably 75% of my life. (laughs) And so it was so nice to hear that feeling sometimes violence toward cute things because you can't hold it in (laughs) is perfectly normal. (laughs) <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, uh, yes, again, it's uh, one of my favorite things about these words is just them capturing that feeling that you can't quite pinpoint in your own language. So I love now having a word for it. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> love it. And that concludes the untranslatable word challenge. We hope we've left you feeling hoogly. Take care now. 20,000 Hertz is produced out of the sound design studios of DeFacto Sound. For more, visit DeFactoSound.com. This episode was conceived and produced by Grace East. With help from Andrew Anderson. It was edited and mixed by Joel Boyder. And Brandon Pratt. With a game show announcer voice by Casey Emerling. And a huge congratulations to Grace for recently completing her PhD in linguistics. I'm Dallas Taylor. Thanks for listening. <laughs>